Howdy, howdy, and welcome to my bloody Judy with your final forgets, myself, Zachary Patton Garcia. And Ian Carlos Crawford. Yeah, so we are going to be uh, returning to Haddonfield today, 40 years later. Seems like only yesterday, Ian. <laughs> you like that joke? Mm. Uh, so there are 11 Halloween films, I believe, and uh, as we said in our previous episode, there's just too many to go through. So we are doing the original 1978 Halloween and then the most recent Halloween 2018, uh, which Ian just saw for the first time as, as we watched it the other day. Um, what are your What were your first thoughts on it, on your, on your very first watch? I liked it. Um, I definitely liked it. I definitely had issues with it, uh, but I thought it was good. Um, I think a lot of the things that are lacking in it are the things that I knew would be lacking. Um, I I feel like I don't... It's The things that bothered me going into it still bothered me throughout the whole movie. Like, all the things that I've said, like, bother me about continuity and about, like, oh, but, like... (laughs) She only saw Michael once, and it's only for 20 yeah. minutes, and, like, um, and, like, why did he leave that headstone in the bed, and all that shit, that, like, that stuff continued to bother me. Um, yeah. I thought this one was a little bit messy, but I don't mind a little bit messy, um, like, honestly, especially in a horror movie. Like, a horror movie like this. Um, if it's something, like, hereditary that's supposed to be, like oh, there's, like, a metaphor here and all that, then I'll get a little bit more mad. But if it's something where it's, like, Scream or Halloween, where it's, like, straight up, there's a killer killing people, here's our hero that we love, I'm okay with a little bit of mess. Um, You know, there's the Doctor plot, which I knew was going nowhere, and I was like, if he's evil, that seems too obvious and too stupid, and then he was evil. Uh, Yeah, so, but I liked it. I definitely liked it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's an enjoyable watch, and watching it in the theater with everybody, like... Because uh, it is one of those movies. It's not hereditary, so you don't have a bunch of, like, everybody sitting in the theater. My, my hereditary theaters were, because I think I went to see it twice in the theater, and it was, I mean, there weren't very many people in there, but Halloween, like, it was packed in the theater. And it was just a different watching experience. Everybody yeah. was yelling at the screen and stuff like that. It's that kind of horror movie. Um, and the ones who really take it seriously are, like, the hardcore Halloween fans. But, I mean, if you're just going as a casual viewer, it's still a really enjoyable experience. It, it's, it's a good watch. Um, there are faults with it. Uh, some some pretty big ones, too. Like, the, the whole doctor thing, I agree. I, I ah, Fucking useless, man. Useless. <laughs> I'm, glad we, I'm glad we smashed his head in, though. So there's no chance of him coming back. It's 40 years later, and we open up at Smith's Grove Sanitarium. Uh, Michael Myers has been here for the past 40 years. Uh, two podcasters show up to uh, interview him, see him, something. Try to get some sort of something out of him. Um, we meet Dr. Sartain, who has been Michael's doctor for the past however many years since Dr. Loomis died. So it's explained that Dr. Loomis died and Dr. Sartain took over. And... Uh, Dr. Sartain is very explicit. He, he says, you know, don't get too close to Michael. Michael hasn't said a word in, you know, 40 years. He's just been here. And so we come into this big courtyard. It looks like a, a, a chessboard. We c- approach Michael. We don't see him. We just see the, the back of him. There's a bunch of other patients around, you know, kind of getting restless as, as, they, as the two podcasters kind of antagonize Michael a little bit. They have... Michael Myers mask from the original movie and it's weathered worn um, and they got it from a friend at the district attorney's office is what they said I think um, and yeah they're kind of antagonizing him with it a little bit they're trying to get some sort of reaction from him and we can tell that he feels the mask and they can tell that he feels the mask but he's giving them nothing and as the as the crazy people around him get even crazier you know, so does the podcaster, and he starts yelling, Michael, say something, say something, say something. And then, boom, like one of the best smash cuts into an opening sequence. Uh, what did you think of this opening sequence? Right as I was about to be like, this is too much, they went to the sequence, the opening sequence, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, because one, it was like, oh boy, these podcasters are going to die. And two, it was like, <laughs> what the fuck are they doing? Like, I feel yeah. like I didn't quite understand, I didn't quite get like what, I like they were there to like see him and you know for their show or whatever, but I, I felt like why are they yelling at this mass murderer? Like what? Yeah. What's the thing you hope for? He that he murders you or like? 
Um, and that felt a little too, like, I was like, Ugh, I get it. And, but then the credits yeah. rolled and I was like, okay, they like cut it just as I was getting annoyed and then <laughs> the credits were cool. So yeah, for sure. Um, I mean like, especially since he's, he's in a psychiatric hospital with other patients around. So like for them to be yelling and like antagonizing him yeah. in that way, it doesn't seem professional on the doctor's part for the doctor to allow them to do that. But I mean, we learned the doctor's not that right. professional anyway. Um, these opening credits, man. So there's a pumpkin. It's the same opening credits almost as the original. It's just the pumpkin is, is it's a, we open on a dead pumpkin and it just comes back to life, which is, it was a really, really cool shot. Kind of, you know, yeah. representing Halloween is back. It is rising from the dead. You know, we get all of the, titles um and it's not as long as the original which i did like they kind of sped through it it was about about a minute maybe um perfect opening sequence i loved it and then we jump immediately to the the podcasters are on their way to laurie strode's house laurie strode oh this movie i i love whenever we pick up with laurie strode so 20 years later i loved when we did that i love us picking up with laurie strode 40 years later it's just it's a, her character. I feel like is is a great exploration of trauma. So we we've talked about um, in the last one that you know Laurie Strode, if left at the first movie, there wasn't that much to her. Like she was a good final girl. She was enjoyable to watch, but you know, left at that, she wasn't. I think what you said was she wasn't that dynamic, right? Yeah. You know the the real consequences of, of a situation like that, that something that carries with you some trauma like that it, it's really nice to explore with her um, and I wish we could get it for other final girls as well I mean we've got it for <laughs> poor Sydney Prescott <laughs> for, like, don't you dare forget about Sydney Prescott I know oh, she <laughs> never gets away from this shit I said before um Laurie Strode goes through this every 20 to uh to, to 40 years but <laughs> Nev Campbell has to has to deal with it every couple years uh, Nev Campbell's like oh you dealt with it twice in 40 years well every five years all of my friends like, are murdered it's like, I can't make any meaningful relationships I can't have a boyfriend I <laughs> the only person I can be friends with is Gail fucking Weathers uh, and I don't even like Gail Weathers we just are brought together by circumstance <laughs> <laughs> uh, I punch her every couple years. So these podcasters go to see Lori. They, uh, when we see Lori's house, there's this big gate around it. The house is not very; it's, it hasn't been kept up very well. Um, she's got mannequins everywhere that she uses for target practice. Lori Strode has built a fortress for herself. Nobody is getting in. Nobody's getting out without her knowing it. And so they pull up to the gate, and they, she's not really receptive to doing any sort of interviews um, until they offer her $3,000. And then she's, she buzzes them real quick, which, you offer know, what? I understand yeah. it. Give me, give me $3,000. She probably could have banked on this notoriety a little bit over the years. I wonder how much she actually did, if any. Mm. I always think about that, like, um, <clears throat> push up my glasses, in the hard <laughs> book I'm writing, because, like, part of it takes place after it. I'm always like... Hmm. Like, what kind of interviews would these people be doing? Like, if they survived yeah. a horror movie scenario? Like, I mean, even if they didn't want to do them, I feel like they do like one or two before they were like, oh, nope. Um, yeah. Or maybe like after ten years, they might do one. Um, I always think of shit like that. Like, and I'm like, hmm. I wonder, like, did Laurie Strode go on Gail Weathers' show at least once? <laughs> <laughs> the crossover of the century. <laughs> they both tell each other to fuck off. I mean, but it is an interesting concept, and like um, you writing your book, that is that is a, an interesting thing to explore. It seems they all do some sort of interview. They all end up doing a book or something to to kind of profit off of what they've been through, which is totally fair. You know what? You cannot hate on anybody for any of that. You know, if you're gonna get anything out of it, you should get some monetary gain. Even Sidney Prescott wrote a book. You know, um, so. It, it's fair, and but what we've known from Lori is that what we get from this movie is that she's just stayed in Haddonfield. Um, I remember watching all this, all this behind the scenes stuff coming out while they were filming, and they would like, like Jamie Lee Curtis would like take a picture of some of the prop items, and like a couple of them were like, uh, like past due bills that were just sitting on the counter, which we didn't see a close of anything or anything like that. But I liked seeing that and behind the scenes stuff because it just helps to fill in those gaps that like she's pretty much let her life go to shit um 
All she is worried about is preparation, preparation, preparation. She knows Michael's coming back. She is, she has turned into the Dr. Loomis of the movie, um, which we're actually made to believe. So she, we're, we're set up to believe that she's more of the Dr. Loomis of the movie, but really her and Michael are kind of inter interchangeable here. Like in her whole scenario has also created a monster out of her, you know? And I think that is uh, very evident in, the filmmaker swapping out her and Michael's bits from the past movie and this movie. You yeah. know, we see her in a lot of parts that he was in. The podcasters begin interviewing Lori, and I feel like immediately they're super unprofessional. You know, they were bringing up a lot, like within the first like three minutes, they're bringing up the fact that she lost her, her child to social services, never got her back. She's had two divorces, and, and they're kind of sympathizing with Michael Myers while also tearing down her character, you know? That brings me to something that I'm going to point out that is my main gripe with this movie. There's a world in which this movie is written by a Trump supporter, right? Because <laughs> Could be. it's like, look, she's right. She had all these guns. She was right. Look, the media was wrong. Look how wrong they were. Look how stupid these teens were. And like all of those points, I don't love. I will, I will say I do not love, and I felt like there was a little bit of that with, like, the podcasters, because it's like, why the fuck would they, like, they're paying 3000 they're also paying $3,000 for this interview. If you are paying that much for an interview, I don't know what fucking podcast is making that kind of money, first. And second, I don't know what kind of podcast is has that money, and then it's like, well, let's throw it away by pissing her off with, like, the second fucking question. No, you mm -hmm. would, like, if you're conducting that interview... You, you, even if you want to ask that, maybe you wait till the end. So it's like, oh, she yeah. kicks us out and we got in some good questions. But the fact that they're immediately so unprofessional, they go to Michael, they're screaming at him. They go to her and they're like, so you lost your child. Um, I don't love that. I don't love all of that. And it feels like Jamie Lee Curtis's character who has all these guns and all these weapons is the only character that's not too stupid in this movie. Um, so all of that I'm like, mm, about, mm. uh. I don't think that means she's like a Trump supporter or anything. I don't, I'm not saying that you're saying that she's a Trump supporter, but no. I don't think it's like feels like it's been written by a Trump supporter. I don't know if I agree with that point. Um, I mean, I don't think the, Danny McBride yeah. is. I know he's one of the writers, but like, yeah, it's very like straight guy to me. All of that is very because like how annoying Judy, Judy Greer is till the very end. And it's like your mom was literally attacked like this happened. You're pretending this didn't happen. Why would you be this stupid? Um and it, yeah, all of it just like, there's like little things like that. I say that, but I do like the movie, but like mm -hmm. the case could be made. If someone, if like Danny yeah. McBride did come out as being like, oh yeah, no, I love Fox News. I would be like, mm, I'm not. Too <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like you're, you're getting in that just because of the guns. You know what? I don't mind a woman with a bunch of guns. Um, no, I don't mind. Guns, I don't mind that. Yeah. It's the fact that everyone yeah. else is so wrong. Okay. Fair. You know, fair enough. I mean, but you always have to have, so I, I just feel like maybe what they were and maybe in, unintentionally they did what you said they were doing but I, I think what they were trying to go for was like say this would be the new Loomis and nobody listened to Loomis in the original so I, I think that's what they were kind of going for because this movie straight off the bat this movie is a repetition of the original it yeah. is for the new audiences uh, it's like if you didn't see the original it's okay because we got you in this one um, and you can just pick up from here um so yeah, I mean, maybe that maybe they did unintentionally do that. And I, but, I um, mean, yeah, I don't, I, I yeah. barely, I think it's barely intentional. But there was just like a lot of those little things that mm -hmm. bothered me. I, um, I can see it though. I get you. I get you, Ian. Yeah, that's that is fair. It is very fair. Um, I feel like this is gonna and, be the first video that gets the most comments because people are gonna be mad at me. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think a lot a lot of people would agree with you. Maybe to her credit though, Jamie Lee Curtis is like on immediately. Like she is such a good actor, and it's like immediate yeah. that it's like. I almost would have, I wish Lori had a better entrance, but she, Jamie Lee Curtis is so good that it's like, I don't know. I, and I did think about that. So when I, I like to rewrite things in my head a lot, I'm a big headcanon type of person, but. Oh, are um, you telling I me that? I didn't know that. I couldn't figure out how <laughs> I would have introduced her because I agree with you. I feel like it was weird. But I don't know. See, that's why I think the Halloween Return script, if they would have taken a little piece of that, like maybe Michael Myers is being put to death and maybe she's at like the sentencing or something like that. And that's where we could have picked up with her first. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't mind it. Like you said, there, Jamie Lee Curtis like owns this fucking role. This is yeah. her role. Um, and 
you know, she's just like the podcasters are making her out to be a basket case. You know, Michael, she even says Michael Myers murders however many people and I'm the basket case because I've been divorced twice. You know, right. it, it's just ridiculous. So the podcasters get kicked out. Um, and then we jump to Lori's daughter, Karen, and her granddaughter, Allison, and Karen's husband, Ray. Uh, Karen, I do think, is a very interesting concept of a character. Uh, I love Judy Greer. Nothing wrong with her or anything like that. But they didn't give her a lot. They kind of gave, like, they scratched the surface of what maybe uh, a character like Karen would have gone through. And uh, the fucking name Karen, too. Like, <laughs> no. It's just not. Did not like age joke, well right? in two years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you got to think of it. Like, growing up with a mother like Lori Strode, if we're painting Lori Strode to be the hyper-paranoid mother that she would have been um even in like interviews that i've seen with jamie lee curtis saying that she she created this whole backstory to fill in the gap between the 40 years and she basically said that going to karen's school like during uh, parent teacher day she would raise her hand and say hey what's your exit strategy while all the other parents were asking like you know what's the lunch program like um and i think that paints a very good picture of like this is why karen is so just over her fucking mom she's just over her mom and maybe she feels like she has to have some sort of relationship out of obligation but her mom lost her because she wasn't being a good parent and that would create some sort of resentment. So yeah, Karen maybe doesn't get it. Like she knows her mom went through all this and stuff like that, but it's still when you've had your own trauma inflicted on you, that's all you can kind of focus on at the moment, you know? Um, and Karen has her own trauma because of this. So it's just a whole domino effect and it's really sad for this whole family. And then the granddaughter's really trying to like, connect everybody back together and the granddaughter. I wish, yeah, yeah. I wish we would have gotten a little more with the granddaughter and Lori. Yeah. Cause I felt like I liked it. And then like once, and then it's like they separated for most of the movie. Yeah. Um, but I did like, yeah, I mean, we're not there yet, but yeah. No, no, I, I agree with you. Um, so the, the granddaughter basically has, uh, what was it? Honor society, something like that. I don't know. I didn't do anything in high school. <laughs> uh, she's honor society or something like that. And she's having some little ceremony that night. And, um, she wants Lori to come cause that's her grandmother. And Karen's like, yeah, I invited her, but it's obviously Karen. Karen's obviously lying here. And, and Allison knows it. So Allison takes off for school. I, I did like that. It wasn't, um, <laughs> this big table full of food and she just grabs like a piece of toast and an orange juice and just I know, I hate gotta go <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was no breakfast on that table um but allison and her friend vicky and vicky's boyfriend dave walk to school this is our three walking scene on on you know walking down the street i love the town in this it feels very fall it feels very midwest haddonfield um and they're walking down the street and i love that we get our kind of explanation why we we have retconned the sequels and how you how do you explain all the sequels being retconned? Well, they said basically all the sequels were um, just stories that people were telling in the town. They were like, and I know Ian doesn't agree with this, but I think it was a genius way to do it. It's just like uh, I think Dave says, wasn't he he her brother or something? And Allison's like, no, that's just something that people made up. Perfect, but. Ian does not agree with me. I would not use the word perfect to describe that, but <laughs> horse shit, horse shit. <laughs> While it also ends up being a flaw of the movie, I do like that we spend enough time with these characters before they all get murdered. Um, as in the original, we spend a lot of time with the girls before they're yeah. uh, murdered. And it's, I appreciate that while maybe I don't care as much about the teen story, they at least try to give them a st Like, you know, there's the Honor Society, there's the dance, there's, you know, uh, the boy that likes her that she doesn't like, um, her boyfriend cheating. Like, I I can appreciate the effort there. Like, I don't know yeah. that I love all of it, but I appreciate them bothering because I feel like, and especially, like, like we said, like movies that don't have, like, the deeper whatever hereditary, if it's just, like, murder or killing people, they don't often even try with those. Yeah. Um, so I can appreciate them even doing this, giving us the scene of them talking, even if it's shorter. Um, because for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Make me actually care about these characters before they're, you know, most of them are murdered. Yeah, because they are likable characters. I think all of them are likable, but, but I agree with you. Like, they drop the ball at some point where, even in the original, I guess because we, we spent so much time with all of the characters that it... it I, I enjoyed them and I did care. Like when Annie died, I cared. Um, and there was less of them. Didn't care as much when these characters died, but I did like them. I like Vicky, Vicky a lot. I just wish we got, 
And we got enough of her, though. So where do you think they dropped the ball on Vicky? Because we got a good... She got some, some screen time. But yeah, no, they, they're all very likable teenagers. You know, they're, they're fine. They're fine. Perfect word for it. Yeah. Um, I think with the sequels, they're wanting to give Allison more of a role, and I hope they do, because if she's supposed to be the Lori of this movie, I just didn't feel it, you know? Yeah. Or maybe, you know what I did? Maybe maybe she wasn't as dynamic, you know? Lori wasn't all... If we're saying Lori wasn't the most dynamic in the original, maybe... Allison isn't here either. But Lori wasn't dynamic, but then she still got to like be the final yeah. girl. I, Allison did not at any point feel like the final girl. <laughs> Allison is like lost in the, the woods. Indian. She's like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I so... w- after we recorded our last episode, Zach said I was too nice. And I was like, I don't want to shit on stuff that you like. And Zach loves arguing. So here we are, Zachary. <laughs> I love Ian shitting on this stuff because it's a better conversation this way. I, I like I, I like this conversation so far. Um, so Allison <laughs> sees Lori. Allison's in class and sees Lori outside of outside of the window, just like in the original when Lori saw Michael. So we're interchanging Lori and Michael's roles here kind of. I I Um, love that. I love that. Did you like it? I I was wondering if you would like it. And I actually, we didn't even talk about that when we were watching it. I wrote Um, it in my notes, though. There you go. Ooh, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, I wrote in all caps, I love the teen girl scene. (laughs) Her grandma, Lori, outside her classroom, the same way Lori saw Michael. I love the scene immediately following when Lori and, like, I do, I agree with you 100%. I wish we got more of Allison and Lori because it seems like Karen wants to just disconnect, but Allison is very intrigued by Lori, and we could have gotten a lot more um, of that fill-in for the past 40 years through Allison and Lori's discussions because we get a really good one at the football field. Lori basically visits Allison at school to give her the three thousand dollars. I love. Allison says, "Yeah." Allison says, "Well, I'll just use it for college." Uh, and Lori's like, "Fuck college!" <laughs> it's just Lori's mindset. Lori's basically like, "Fuck college. Go to Mexico or something. Like, get out of here. Go, go on." Uh, and I just love, I love that because you know Lori watching Allison. She, she's got to just be seeing the potential that she had way back when before all of this happened because we see Lori in this movie and she's very stuck in time she's got the same haircut like she's she's just stuck you know and Allison's this free bird and Lori's like fucking go man open the cage door let it go yeah I and I mean I've said this when we talk about movies that are about grief as someone who like I was you know the little gay boy that was my Puerto Rican grandma's favorite I really like a like kind of like out there grandma and like her favorite grandchild relationship and I kind of so I'm especially like I don't know I feel like I can't think of a horror movie when we've gotten that where it's not like the grandma's evil um yeah (laughs) the grandma's always evil (laughs) god it's my next note is I really have trouble with all the gun talk does she mention does she ask her granddaughter to buy a gun no I didn't see that there's some somewhere in between there's a um, well, there's she goes to when she goes to Karen's house, she tells Karen to get a gun. Okay, um, right. Or she get, tries to give Karen her gun. Um, but here, the the last time we see, or when when Lori is leaving, Allison basically tells her straight up, "Look, Michael's gone. He's not here. It's been forty years. It's cost you your family. Get over it." She says it plainly. Get over it. And like in a way, fucking agree. I agree. Because, you know what, it's ruined your life at this point. This is your chance. You only have so many years left, but at the same time, you know, Lori's right. Lori's ultimately right. So Lori's uh. like, no, I'm going to go <laughs> kidnap that Michigan senator. Uh, like, oh my gosh, she could. She could have. <laughs> I don't even feel like, Lori doesn't even vote. You know that. Lori, Lori doesn't give a fuck about the election. She's like, Michael Myers just got it! So, like, as someone who has also had someone tell them to get over their trauma, I feel like... <laughs> I'm Lori and my mom's the daughter sometimes because yeah. my mom is very like, get over it. We're moving on. And I'm very, no, this terrible thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, so that's where I have mixed feelings, but I mean, that's that not a bad thing. Uh, Cause I'm like, mm, Lori maybe has too many guns, mm, but also Karen's telling her to get over her drama when like a bunch of her friends were murdered when she was a teen. Yeah. Mm. But like also she ruined Karen's childhood. So with all the guns, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, 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 I, I do enjoy the multiple angles yeah. here. You know, Karen probably didn't want to hold a fucking gun at 12 years right. old and learn how to shoot a gun. Um, she didn't want to have to be, you know, hot wiring, uh, uh, 
traps and you know booby traps in her house and right and that would be scary right if your mom's like there's a monster and he's coming to kill you like every night of your life yeah a hundred percent and so it's i i I enjoy that we're kind of seeing it from different angles i wish we would have focused a little bit less on like other stuff and kind of focused more on this because i i get that they were trying to not make laurie the main character here but we're watching for fucking laurie's stroke you know we're waiting for that you know uh, inevitable meetup so that night, Michael Myers is being transferred to a maximum security prison where he is meant to just live out the rest of his days and die. I don't know why he didn't do that like 20 years ago, but, you know, he's do- they're doing it now. And Lori makes it a point to she's going to be there. She's going to watch it. She pulls up in her truck. Um, I, re- I know you have a problem with all the guns and the way she's kind of is in this movie. I really like Lori Strode in this movie. I think she is such a badass. Um, but she, she, and I love her in a truck. And she shows up in her truck and she, uh, She's, she's watching Michael pull away in the bus, and the bus is pulling away from the sanitarium, and she just physically cannot handle it. And she screams, and, like, I think seeing Jamie Lee Curtis just scream like that, not out of, like, you know, oh, there's a killer chasing me, but out of, like, my fucking life! This ruined my fucking life! Yeah. You know? Like, ah, oh, it just gave me chills. And it just cuts off, and it leaves you wanting more. And then she shows up at the family dinner that, uh, I guess nobody was really expecting her to show up at, and she is, like, she she's she's on like twelve cups of coffee and a Red Bull. Um, she is jittery. She's like, well, and you she know, downed all the little vodka big bottles. sips of, yeah, and big. Oh, she did, yeah, in her truck while she was watching. She was drinking, um, because she's an alcoholic in this movie. She's a recovering alcoholic, and so she's drinking again. Um, and Karen even says that when she shows up at dinner. And mom, I thought you stopped drinking because she, yeah. she picks up the gla- glass of wine and starts chugging it. I thought. I, I was thinking the other day, I was like, is this uh was this a nod to that meme of Jamie Lee Curtis like drinking it and like holding her her, her have you seen, you've seen that one, right? <laughs> but also I mean in H two O, isn't she isn't that yeah. like she an alcoholic in H two O? Because when she's like yeah, Jamie another Lee Chardonnay. H two O was supposed to be the movie that uh that this kind of was, but a little bit more H two O was supposed to be a lot more serious and not as uh teen summer horror flick you know um but it is teen summer horror flick and it feels like summer it feels like teens getting murdered to creed (laughs) that's what it fucking is well you're wrong (laughs) okay we can we're gonna get to that one we're gonna get to that one okay uh um so yeah Lori shows up at dinner and she's she is having a breakdown she sits down she's like she can't even engage in the conversation all that much she and uh, i love this shit this is the shit i love this is the shit mm-hmm. that like I, I i don't know i mean i feel like we get hints of this with sydney but she's like pretty composed yeah. but like i this is the kind of shit that i'm very much interested in seeing mm-hmm. um you know i love the idea of this like this like final girl like you know being a grandma and being like a grandma who can't get it together at like a fucking family dinner yeah I wish we'd gotten a little bit more of this scene. Like, I wish she had sat down and there had been, like, okay, maybe she's fucking up, but she's, like, still staying for dinner. No, so this is what I wish we got more of. I'm I'm pretty sure you would agree with me here. It's like, when, because Lori is, yeah, like I said, Lori's breaking down here, and Karen is giving her shit, and Allison's basically like, Mom, stop. Like, she's she's hurting right now. And because Lori literally just saw him, you know, take off, and she's like, I saw him, I saw him. And, like, finally Lori gets up. And she leaves, and she goes and stands out by, like, the road, and Allison follows her out. And I wish we would have gotten a conversation there. Like, some sort of, like, I know I should get over it. It's really hard. I cannot do it. Like, there's just something. But we at least get, like, a little moment where, like, Lori just reverts back to, like, 17-year-old girl, rests her head on her granddaughter's shoulder, and is kind of being consoled by her granddaughter. I mean, I do think that is sweet, a sweet, like, image. Like, maybe we should have had the conversation and it ends with that. Yeah. Because it is, I do like the imagery of that because mm-hmm. Lori's, like, the grandma and this is her granddaughter, but she's being consoled by her, yeah. you know, teen granddaughter. And for me, that's good imagery. That's a tender moment. But, yeah, I do wish we had just, like, gotten mm. a little, because, like, this is kind of the last, right? This is kind of, like, the last, like, moment they get together where it's not, like, People are being murdered. Yeah. I don't even think they see yeah. each other until Michael's already on the loose, right? So it, yeah. w- it would have been very, very nice. Um, Lori leaves and we get Karen kind of, you know, they said in 15 seconds, uh, Judy Greer, tell me what happened in your childhood. She's like, I shouldn't have told you about my childhood. 
Um, <laughs> she taught me how to shoot a gun, and she taught me how to do this. And it's just a... I, more showing and less telling a little bit. You know, I'd, I'd like to see something. Just something. Um, I feel like there's other parts of the movie we could have cut out to make time for that. But then, Michael, we, we get yeah. this gay child and his father, <laughs> which now I'm going to be annoying about. Okay. Go for it. As someone who worked at a movie theater in a very, like, white trash area, I know how parts are played in movies that maybe they're not meant to be, but I know, I just know, the idea of this, like, boy going hunting with his dad who's like, but I love dancing. Like, I know there are theaters that laughed at that, right? Like, I just know there mm-hmm. are. Um, and so for me, like, I'm like, mm, a straight guy wrote this thinking he was being cute. Just don't have it be, a, like, don't have it be like that. Like, you just, I don't know. <sighs> like, for me, that shit bothers me because, like, that movie theater I worked at for three years like I remember rules of attraction people laughing at the gay guys kissing and like that shit still happens and so mm-hmm. I'm like mm, can you be a little bit more careful with this gay boy who is going to get murdered in five minutes um yeah eh. I don't know mm. I see the point uh I didn't mind it so much I think um I liked the dad's response to it which was because we didn't get here's the thing is like the scene really shouldn't have been there because we're we're gonna see them die in two seconds anyway so just pull it out all together you know because we get this kind of opening up between them two and then uh and the dad's like seems kind of open to it like you know you really like dancing don't you but then like we don't get anything because the, these characters don't matter to us they're, they're gonna die um the bus has crashed the uh the dad gets out to go and check uh, the boy calls 911 he gets out um, the dispatcher tells him he, to get out yeah Oh, oh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I was like, they're dispatchers telling this raspy gay boy to go die? Like, yeah. This boy says, uh, hold on, let me go check. The dispatcher should have said, stay in your car, lock your door. Yeah. Just wait. We're sending one officer. Wait. <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah, the boy dies. It's It's... One of the, we don't really ever see Michael Myers kill kids, and it, it did hit. I remember in the theater, everybody was quiet. Nobody really said anything at that moment. Um, because there's, eh, I don't know how I felt about it, but that whole thing happens, and uh, it is brutal. The next day, he also accidentally shoots the doctor who survived the crash. Oh, uh, yes, so Dr. Sartain, which I will say. So, in my brain, yeah, I was like, oh, this is too stupid if the doctor is in cahoots with Michael, but like, obviously that's why he survived. Right. But like, no, but I also don't understand why Michael didn't kill him here, but did kill him later. I don't think he's in cahoots with Michael. I think that, but the doctor's the only one that he doesn't murder on that bus. I don't know. See, it's just that there's, there's a weird plot holes right there. Right. Like it just doesn't, there's some things that dots that weren't connected and are probably never going to be connected in, in regards to all this. Um, but the bus has crashed. Michael's got away. All these, all these uh, patients from Smith Grove, is all, they're also running around. It's very reminiscent of the opening scene in the original movie. Um, the dad and the son both die, and then the next day, we go back to the podcasters, and the podcasters are at a gas station. They're, it's just this is their their murder scene. You know, they die here. Um, we see them putting. Do you think mask of her the- death though? I did like her death. I thought it was a good callback to H two O. Yes. I agree. Did you, you know okay. what? I forgot. I was like, which is there? Isn't this in a Halloween movie mm-hmm. or is this in a scream movie? I like couldn't yeah. remember what horror movie it was like, but yeah, it was a good one. Um, and I, so that playful this, work. so I felt like this like 10 minute span were weirdly more violent than the rest of the movie, which like, I don't know. It doesn't bother me, but it just like felt weird that like, like that guy's jaws ripped off the guy at the gas station yeah. and you see his like ripped off jaw. Um, and no one, and like, you know, he, like the, the beating he gives the guy podcaster is like weirdly brutal right after the very brutal choking of the child. Um, and then he like cracks you, I, I'm assuming he just smushes her head. Like, right. Yeah. Um, Well, is he, is he choking her? I don't know. She goes, she goes out of frame. Cause he's like holding her like this. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's just. It doesn't, it doesn't like, bother me, but it feels weirdly unbalanced for, like, this, like, 10 minutes to be, like, mm-hmm. hyper-violent. And then, like, yeah. you know, everyone else is, like, stabbed or something, but, like, that's it. Yeah, I do think they should have died a little bit earlier. Like, 
we didn't have to keep following them up until this point in the movie. Um, but it it was, it was a good moment. And then, uh, this is how Michael gets his mask, which is like, uh, I, I, and I also feel like they could have done this a different way too. Like it's just, he's out in the middle of no, uh, out in the middle of like everywhere. He's in this gas station in the middle of the daytime. Um, and you know, kills, kills a mechanic and gets his overalls and then goes into these pot, this podcaster's uh, car and pulls up the trunk and gets this mask and puts it on in front of everybody. So it's like, weird that nobody even like notices okay and my notes do say at this point he has killed more people than he killed in the first movie if we're yeah, racing they're going for body count people. here so they're basically just upping that body count right back to where it was um so Lori here's doubling that, it they're doubling it yeah yeah they're they're really going for it and over the course of the next two movies i guarantee it's gonna be like you know it's, it's gonna be astronomical um Lori hears that michael has escaped and she goes into a tailspin there's a big I do want to mention this. There's a big fan theory that, I mean, it's not going to go anywhere. Lori, in her kind of freak out, drove the bus off of the off the road. Um, she like rammed it maybe with the truck or something like that. And I thought that would have been such a perfect plot point. That that would have been such a great point of storytelling where she just physically like wants to get at him that she does that and she unintentionally sets off this this knot of terror. Um, but we don't get that, so it doesn't fucking matter. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's like... <sighs> when you told me that, I was like, I don't know, that makes sense. It makes sense. It's just they... they Danny McBride didn't think of that shit. Lori, Lori hears he's escaped. She runs to Karen's house, and, like, it's, Karen basically we doesn't... Both, yeah. We both kind of yelled the same thing during this scene. It's like, if they would just pause a moment and talk about what happened, Michael literally did escape, so no, don't kick your crazy mom at the, out of the house who's saying, I told you so, yeah. even though she's coming to say, I told you so. But like, the problem with these fucking movies is always, a, every fucking movie, there's always the problem with nobody takes the second to say, wait, let me explain to you what I'm saying. She's just comes running in, she's like, the bus crashed, the bus crashed. And the daughter's like, yeah. what bus crashed? And like, nobody explains it. She maybe could have said Michael, or the bus crashed that Michael was on. Michael is loose and people, I was just at the gas station and people are dead. So, yeah. like, just listen for a second, Karen. Um, but nobody does that. Laura gets kicked out of the house and then that night, Michael goes on a killing spree. This, this fucking long tracking shot is so good. What, did You, you yes. did enjoy this, right? Okay, good. Good. I would have been so, dis- my heart would have been hurt. My little gay heart. Um, but this long tracking shot of Michael basically... Stepping onto a street, taking a breath, and then going for house to house, murdering like everybody that he can in, in these houses, and it's so good. Um, yeah, I think the scene is like ridiculously uh, good. Allison's at the dance, and Allison's boyfriend is just a dick. Cameron's just a dick. He he kisses another girl. We got this little high school drama, and I think that's supposed to lead to Allison not having her phone because Karen throws it into the pudding. Uh, Julian's house, Vicky is babysitting and her boyfriend Dave comes over and uh, they're going to do a little hanky panky, you know, but Julian comes downstairs and said, hey, somebody's in my closet. Somebody's up in my closet. It's a freaky man. He's looking at me. I put in my notes the moment she says you are getting dry fucked tonight. Oh, boy, are they both getting stabbed to death? (laughs) (laughs) Poor Vicky. Uh, She deserved better. Um, and I thought that actress Vicky was really goes good. Up, I looked her up to see, like, but she's not really, yeah. like... Is she in other stuff? She's been in, like, bit parts, but nothing... Mm. But I really liked her. I thought she Give was... Give her good. more to do, y'all. Come on. Go hire Vicky. Um, she And she would do good in other horror movies, yeah. I think. They should... She should start out there. Um, but Vicky goes upstairs and checks under the bed and all that, and then she goes and looks in the closet, and uh, when she looks in the closet, he's... Michael is in the closet. This part was in at the end of the trailer that came out. And I remember being a little upset that I was at the trailer because it was a good jump moment if, like, nobody had seen it. It was spoiled from, um, I knew that it was, I, well, someone had just posted it on their Insta story, like, the day before yeah. we watched it. Because I was like, oh, what horror movie is this as I was watching the scene? And I was like, oh, it's Halloween, there's Michael Myers. <laughs> That's what I'm fucking worried about. It's like, all these movies that Ian hasn't seen, I'm so excited to show you so many of them. And I'm like, but he's on Twitter! And gays love horror movies! <laughs> All gays do is munch butts and celebrate Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you with a pop culture reference, Zachary. Uh, that's such a bad show, but I do love Jessica Lange. So Vicky dies. And then Dave is like, at the very last moment, Vicky's already fucking dead. Dave is like, fuck this. Like he's going to do some shit. And then it cuts. And obviously Dave died too. Julian takes off running out of the house. Smart Julian. 
uh, hope he all, hope he gets away through the next two movies too. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, lower like so there's there's a domestic disturbance call that goes out over the radio, the police but, scanners. But I assume like that. that was but, them, like someone calling the police, thinking they were having. It could be, yeah. Um, but Lori has a scanner in her truck because she would. Uh, so my mom, <laughs> my mom does this. She listens to the police scanner to see what's going on. She's like super nosy, uh, and she like looks up all the codes that they're talking about so she can figure out what's going on in town. Um, that's so a very suburban we, thing. We saw this. <laughs> when we saw this at the theater. I was like, "That's my fucking mother." Um, Didn't you have friends? As, she, I had she, friends when I was a teen that like had them in their yeah that had them. That is so funny. Yeah, um, and Lori goes to the house. Lori is basically a sheriff here. It would have made sense for Lori to be like a sheriff, I guess. Yeah, just um, give, make like her. If she, if her, yeah, something. But um, yeah, so she so, shows up, and then fucking uh, deputy officer Hawkins. I guess he's not the sheriff, but he's officer Hawkins who also shows up, and um, they both kind of check out the house, find the bodies, and Lori shoots Michael. She gets a shot in at him, and then Michael gets away, and. Uh, there's this little, you know, little moment between Hawkins and Laurie. They obviously know each other. They obviously have history, but we don't get to explore it, which disappointing. Like, Laurie, he could have been one of Laurie's husbands. We don't know. Um, well, exactly. And then if his death weren't, like, wasted, like, he's murdered by the fucking stupid doctor. Yeah, I don't know. It would have been cool if, like... Fucking doctor, man. Because I, I liked the idea, like, when he sees her, um, it's almost like she's, like, a person in the town that he's exhausted by but they have a relationship yeah like it feels like he's like oh god damn it Lori, you again um and for yeah. me i like that and i felt like she needed someone who like didn't completely fucking hate her or think she was a liar to be on yeah. her side i feel like that's how a lot of the people in the town are though they see her as this old crazy bat lady but um Everybody's, except for her, her own daughter everybody has a little bit of sympathy for her because you know she's just like poor Lori. Yeah. you know but whatever. Um, I, I, earlier, I did just kind of taking it back to the, that walk that the th three teenagers were on. I do think that the point that Dave made was really good was that only a couple people really died in that original Halloween movie. You know, by today's standards, that's not even really that bad. So like, and they're like, but it was still horrible. She almost died. And like, yeah, but like compared to today, like, and he's right. You know, we got school shootings. We got all this stuff. And like. That 1978 Halloween movie seems very tame compared to, yes. you know, real world events that are happening today, you know? So I, I think that's a good kind of point there. They're playing off of in this movie. Well, I mean, I have this in my notes like three times and I've tried not to say it every okay. time. That's why they should have fucking kept H2O as a movie that happened. This would still make <laughs> sense if she ended up here after H2O. It would still fucking make sense. And like no fucking way. Ugh, H2O is a good movie. <laughs> and it just I feel like it would have advanced the plot here. Like I just her like going crazy after beheading him and like he came back. Maybe we just have it be that he did come back and like he's in this institution. Sure. And I just feel like that then that makes sense because it's like she's been attacked so many times. Yes, she's going to have all these guns. Yes, she's going to have like all this shit. But like yeah. 40 years I just think, no, if, if H2O would have been in the fold, it's just too muddy. It's too muddy. It, it, it's like so nonsensical. It just, mm, we're not going to agree. Nonsensical? Uh, <laughs> it's totally nonsensical for her to like fake her death and then go off and become like a headmistress of a school only to end up back in Haddonfield. And like, it just, it's so convoluted. It, it, it just, no. I'm glad that for this sequel, they did do that. I'm ready to fight with you. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, Ian. I will fight with you. Let me let me... take off some of this shit. Take off my earrings and everything. Uh, no, we are not going to agree on that. H2O in the fold would not have made any fucking sense. <laughs> um, Lori. So basically, at this point, Lori is gathering her family. She is taking everybody, making Karen go to her fucking house. Um, everybody's she going should to be her being house. like, I told yeah. you so, but she she's should like, be, but she's, she's, she's too like, hurry up, everybody. Hurry. Yeah. Um, I love her at, when they're at her house and everybody's kind of arguing and she gets so fucking frustrated and she's like, Karen, get inside. It's great. I mean, she's right. Great. At this point, I'm like, <laughs> everybody needs to listen to her it needs 
I don't know. I mean, thinking in real world events, like they they probably wouldn't cancel Halloween, which is fucked. I know, just yeah, fucked. You're right. Uh, but <laughs> a killer who Donald loves Trump to murder on Halloween has done it twice, 1963 and 1978. No, we're not going to close down Halloween tonight. Like Donald Trump would tweet about how it was fake news and they were overreacting. Laurie Strode was stupid woman. Like probably. <laughs> Allison uh, has left the dance because she's mad at Cameron for kissing another girl and throwing her phone in the pudding, but she don't get her phone back. Um, she's walking home with this guy named Oscar. Fucking Oscar. I, it's just another character that didn't really need to be here. Um, Oscar's this. Is he the? Is he the no, teenage, he's not. Never mind. He's the drunk teenage boy, like in the devil costume. Yeah, he tries to kiss her, and she's like, "I don't want to kiss you." Like, we were just walking home together, and uh, he, she leaves him. She ditches him. He gets murdered. She hears him screaming, goes back, sees him, fucking like hung up on a on a a gate, which is pretty gross. But um, she sees Michael come walking up, and she takes off. And I feel like this scene kind of went nowhere. We got this huge like build up to a chase scene, and then it did nothing really happened with it. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know. No, no I just I would have liked to see something. This was Lori's chase scene, you know, running to the neighbors, banging on the door, nobody really letting her in. This was that, but this one didn't do anything. The cops show up, take Allison, Hawkins takes Allison, and Hawkins is also riding with Sartain. They see Michael, they run Michael over, Sartain's like, don't kill him, don't kill Michael. So we already know something's fucking up here. Um, and uh, Hawkins getting out, and he's gonna kill Michael, but Sartain kills Hawkins. Allison's like stuck in the back, she should have used her heel and busted out the cop window and gotten Sarah out. Sarah Michelle Gellar knew. Seen it happen. Um... And uh, Sartain, like, this is so stupid. This whole doctor plot. We will we will join forces and agree here, Ian. We will hold hands and run through the fields with this one. Uh, <laughs> this is so stupid. It is a waste of fucking time. Uh, this is the biggest criticism I have of this movie. I, I just don't understand what they were thinking having this. Like, I truly don't understand what they were thinking this added to the movie. Yeah. The doctor could have not been like he could have been the guy that introduced the podcasters to Michael at the beginning and never seen again. And it would have been fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know yep. why we followed him for so long. I don't know why we had to have him. Sure. If you're going to have him, just have Michael kill him. I don't know. He didn't need to kill the cop and like trap the gra- like I just felt like. Eh, like have Michael pop yeah. up and kill the doctor and the cop then. Right. Like. It's, that would have been more of a like okay sure but they keep dragging it out you know they keep dragging it out the doctor is just there, there's a motive that they've like shoved into this movie which it didn't need it. it didn't need this motive the doctor is like really interested in psychology and just wants to know what the what a killer think, it thinks and uh, so he tries on Michael Myers fucking mask and like puts Michael in the back of the cop car and like drives around and um I don't know. He's fucking taunting Allison and stuff like that. Whatever. Uh, Michael Myers kills Dr. Sarchin. his head. He, like, stomps his fucking head in. Ugh. Couldn't have happened <laughs> any later in the movie, but <laughs> it happens at least. But they, Allison gets away and runs. They run. drive to Lori's house first. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. So, Sartain is taking... I guess this is... Maybe this is a meeting... So that to bring Michael to Lori, because really they're not brother and sister anymore. So there's no reason for Michael to ever go after Lori. He doesn't care about Lori. Ooh, what'd you just say? What'd you just say? I've been saying that since the beginning. That was in our last episode. Michael does not care about Lori. It does not make any sense for him to go after her or anything like that. But with Lori in his face, he's like, hmm, I'm gonna go kill you. So that's what basically happens here. Sartain brings Allison to Lori, Allison and Michael to Lori's house. Um, and that's supposed to be their meeting point. But really, if the night just would have kept going on, Michael would have just killed Haddonfield residents and Lori would have been paranoid holed up in her home. Or, no, out probably hunting him or something like that. Uh, but Michael doesn't care about Lori. Yeah, so Michael gets onto Lori's property and kills Ray. Lori basically makes Karen go down to the basement to take cover. And Lori has, like, her gun and she's waiting for Michael. Michael smashes through the front door and is like, it looks a little grim for Lori for a second. You know, she's getting Because it's bed. like this, this like older woman year old lady. Smashed. Yeah. <laughs> I would be knocked her out. fucking smashed into this door. And it's like, oh, gosh, Lori, this is rougher than the first one. Uh, your body probably could have handled it a little better in the first one. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but Laurie shoots his like two of his fucking fingers off, and it's so fucking badass. Fucking love it. Michael gets into the house, and Laurie shoots him through the floor, floorboards and thinks that she shoots him. Um, so she goes up. We get this really great, like, I don't know, three to five minute scene of her going room to room in this dark house with her gun and a flashlight and, like, locking off all of the bedrooms. And you know what? I like it. Not the most realistic. Um, I don't know how she can afford it, all of this top-notch security, but she's got it in her house, and she uh, goes through the house room to room. Upstairs is actually... Fun fact, I'm DB, um, is a recreation of the second floor of the Doyle house in the original movie, because what they were going to do for the opening of this movie was add on to that movie, um, and like do an extended ending for that movie, um, and then they, I, they either didn't have the money for it or something, so they just... What do you mean? Wait, what do you mean? Do, wait. Yeah. Do an extended that, ending to the original movie? Yeah, so after, um... They were going to do, like, an apprehension scene, so after Michael gets shot, he kills Dr. Loomis, and, like, Laurie is the one who, like, shoots Michael or something like that. They were going to basically rewrite the ending of the other movie, so I'm really glad they didn't do that, because it's just, no. It is weird that they use this room, though, because it's so obvious Mm -hmm. that it's a recreate. I I mean, I guess that's, like, an homage in itself, I guess, but it's a little bit too on the nose, I think, because it's, like, if, I know you did say that to me. Zachary's very cute when we watch his movies and he's very IMDb fun fact, but I would have definitely noticed that because it's like distractingly obvious with the like uh, glass doors and the closet. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. It just felt a little bit distracting. I think really what it comes down to is just uh, budgetary constraints and like they had a set that they just needed to use, you know, and so they they used it. Um, I do know that if you watch the trailer, there's there's like an outdoor fight, knife fight scene that was the original ending that didn't test well with audiences. So all of this stuff in the house, her going room to room was not in the original ending. So Mm -hmm. I think they that's just they reused this set for that. Um, She basically in this room has a this this upstairs room has a fight with Michael, knife fight with Michael. He stabs her, he throws her off the balcony and she's laying there. He looks at her. Allison comes rushing in the front door, screaming. Grandmother catches his attention for a second. He looks back. Lori is gone, just like the first movie. And Michael's gone at the end. That was great. That got a lot of fucking cheers in the in the theater. Uh, people went crazy over that one. Um, Allison goes down into the basement with Karen. Uh, Michael comes up. He's he's gonna attack them both. Karen's pointing a gun at Michael. Um, so this is really good, good. Judy Greer scene. It was. You know, Judy Greer is in a fucking Christmas sweater the entire movie. Has rejected Halloween, rejected guns, votes Democrat every single time. <laughs> it's offer the Green New Deal. Um, <laughs> the only Lord, one in the movie. <laughs> Karen fucking... I don't know why Karen didn't just leave Haddonfield, you know? Just I mean, I would have. I would have. I absolutely would have. <laughs> I know you would have. Um, Karen could have been your roommate in uh, in, in New York, Ian. Um, but no, she because she, she's just such like a weak character throughout the entire movie that it's such a great... Well, I don't think it pays off enough to make up for the rest of the movie, but I think it's a really good, solid moment where she's pointing the gun. Um, she's like screaming to her mom, Mom, I can't do it. And the, us as the audience thinks, fucking hell, this bitch. You know, she's, she's going to drop the gun and Michael's going to go down and whatever. But Michael comes in, comes into view and Karen's like, gotcha. Shoots him. So Lori comes out of the fucking shadows, just like Michael Myers did to her. Happy, a uh, stupid, happy Halloween, Michael. Like, so I didn't like her saying happy Halloween, Michael. I just, I, oh, I, I don't like it when they throw little one-liners in there. Um, but they have a little fight. All three women. I like these three. Allison doesn't really do anything. But you know what? I like the other two kind of ganging up. You know, they they finally mother and daughter come together, and uh, they trap Michael in the in the basement. Um, basically, this house is all booby trapped. I feel like even if Michael didn't end up in the basement, anywhere in the house. Yeah. Lori had a trap set up. You know, she she was ready for him. However, he was going to come at her. They they uh, set the gas off. They base they set fire to the house. They leave the house. They leave him to burn in the house. Which you know should know that Michael Myers doesn't. Okay. Yeah. So I love the yeah. ending okay. so much. But Do that you? I I had the chills. Judy Greer saying "Gotcha" and like fucking. So she is useless the entire fucking movie and yeah. kind of annoying. But the fact that she like I the. 
I wish the granddaughter didn't stay as helpless as she does. I wish she had also been able to pick it up yeah. the way Judy Greer does. Um, it almost made it worth it. And I think that this made the movie for me. It's like the the like the music playing that's like swelling that like you're like, oh, Michael's going to kill this mom and her daughter while yeah. Lori's unconscious or wherever. And then she's just like, nope, I'm going to fucking kill you is so good. Yeah. And then Lori coming out and like stabbing him and saying happy Halloween, which I think is earned because it's been on Halloween every time. I'll let it go. It's fun. We'll give it. Um, And the music play like the like actiony music. I love a comeuppance. I love, love a yes. comeuppance. And, you know, I think this is a really good comeuppance. And I just wish it feels like Lori would have been smarter and been like, nah, I gotta chop this motherfucker's head off because we shot him off a balcony and he was fine. So, like, we need to, like, dismember this body, not just light Agreed. him on fire. Agreed. And I almost felt, and this isn't, like, a discredit. It's almost a credit to the movie. Like, I was like, just, no, chop him up so this is the last one so he doesn't haunt you again. Like, I want you to, like, be cool now and be able to be, like, happy. Yeah. I don't want it to be the last one, which is why I'm I will let the ending go, but character-wise Lori Strode would be the she would be crazy enough to be like we're going to spend the rest of the night cutting him into little pieces and putting him in a cooler. Right? <laughs> like <laughs> that is the the level of crazy she is at this point, but we know there's a sequel, so that's that's what the ending is for. Um, they set the house on fire, but you know, you you are right. Like from the moment Karen says "gotcha," it is like standing at the top of a hill and taking the roll, and they just roll down the hill for the rest of the the like five minutes of the movie, and it's so fucking good. And they set the house on fire. They all three run out. Lori's fucking bleeding out, but she used the last bit of that strength to to get the job done. And uh, her house goes up in flames. They flag down a truck. They get in the bed of the truck, and they uh, they drive off into the night. And we end on Allison holding the knife like she did some shit. Um, <laughs> I like Allison, though. I do like the actress, Andy Matichek. So it's, I'd like her to see her do more. Uh, give, her, give her something to do in the next one. But, yeah, we've got Halloween, everybody. Uh, the next one's supposed to set up like a, a mob rules kind of movie. Like the whole town just gets all crazy and they go and hunt Michael down. Um, so I'm pretty stoked to see that. But this was a good movie and I love Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode and I don't mind her revisiting this because, you know, after these three movies, we're not going to get Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode ever again. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. Uh, so I'm happy with this. Um, all right. You got any thoughts, Ian? Are you just you all? So at the end of these movies, Ian always just sits quiet because if he doesn't agree with me or if he doesn't, if he got criticisms, he just will sit quiet. <laughs> I like, I like, I love how much you okay. love this. Like, I, I like seeing yeah. you get excited and be happy yeah. about a thing. Ian does not like this movie because. It retcons the rest of the series, which is a good little mini conversation we're going to have real quick. I feel like what you said and what What's-His-Face says in the beginning when he's like, uh, that was like 40 years ago and like three people were murdered. I, that's kind of how I feel. Mm -hmm. um, but I know in the real world, like trauma stays with you. But this isn't the real world. This is a movie. Um, and it's a movie with a killer who can like smush your head in. So like... I need it to be a little bit... And, like, in this movie, which is, like, she's become this, like, lunatic because of this trauma, like, this movie's ten times worse. So it feels like, are we just, like, giving Laurie more trauma? I don't know. Um, and it feels like it would be more earned if the other movies had happened. If Michael... Even if... You know, I, Laurie's only in, what, the first two, right? Of that, like, the weird series that were, like, yes. in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Even if they just were, like, okay... We're going to, like, give this a vague, Michael Myers killed people and escaped a few times. Um, then it would be a little bit more earned if we had the first two and, like, a vague notion of, like, Michael did some other killings. So okay. Lori was worried, because he's her brother, that he was going to come back and kill her. Like, that, for me, makes more sense story-wise. I understand that, like, you know, I think of what Adam Sass said to me the other day, and he's like, you know, blah, 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 like, and then our heads will turn into snakes, like that thing in Halloween, whatever number Halloween that happens. Um, like, I get that that might be too much to include, and I'm totally cool with, like, them being very, like, lax about what is included, but I think the first two movies are very important because that makes it way more traumatic 
because Laurie is there for most of the murders in two. She's like very much yeah. the murders are happening. You know, the nurse dies like right in front of her and is screaming. And like, I just, I, I wanted, and in the first one, the murders don't really happen in front of her. She finds the bodies, which still is terrible. Uh, yeah. But I just, for Lori to be this much, I want it to be, and it's a horror, it is a horror movie. So for me, it's still a horror movie. So we can't go for like, well, realistically. And I'm like, okay, but realistically, there's not a man who can smush my head, like with barely any effort in a bathroom after murdering two people. I just, I don't know. I need it to be a little bit bigger um, for her to be this intense. And like, I don't know. I for and for her to be like to like fuck up her granddaughter's graduation whatever dinner. Um I feel like because it's a horror movie, three people being mur- four people being murdered feels just like such small potatoes in horror movie in the horror movie world. Uh So I don't know. I I mean, I haven't even, like I said, I haven't seen a lot of the middle Halloween. I haven't seen barely any of them, except for, like, bits on TV. Uh, I think H2O is, I I think it's a good movie. I can I can relent that it is very Scream-influenced. Um, but I still think she's Laurie Strode. Like, she still feels, there's not like, it's not oh, like yeah. she feels like a teen whatever movie version of Laurie. She still it's not feels like a version. It's not that does that. It's, it's, okay. it's. it's it's the way it was made, okay? Because the story, story-wise, it's good. It's just the way it was made. That's that. Let me clarify that real quick. Because I'm not shitting on H2. I love H2O. Okay, <laughs> I love H2O. Love that movie. But so, for me, I just like not even just because I like H2O so much. Because I mean, I haven't revisited it in forever. There might be parts of it I don't like as much. But I, I just, I can buy in the universe of this horror movie that this woman did fake her own death so that Michael Myers would think she was dead. For me, that feels like, sure. Um, and that, you know, she has these, like, the Josh Harnett's her son in that movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, sure. I, I don't know. For me, I bought all of that. And I don't think it was, like, a bad... And, like, I think it had a good ending, whatever. I don't know. I just wish it would have built toward... Like, for me, it's cooler if we're building towards this... Okay. She goes into seclusion, all of these weapons, and her whole house is a trap for this guy that had murdered all these people. Um, and it would make sense that she's always waiting for him to come back if he had escaped numerous times and done a lot of murders. If it happened once 40 years ago, why is she assuming he's escaping? Because he hasn't escaped in 40 years. Um, so I don't know. That like that all falls a little flat for me. Like Writing-wise, if I were in one of my fucking, you know, grad school workshops, I would say, we need a little bit more trauma is what we need, is what I would say would be my critique of a story where it's four people were murdered 40 years ago and this character insists that the villain is coming back even though they're getting rid of all the times he came back. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I feel like that was a long rant. No, 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 but I wanted you to say your piece. I did, I did, because um, I haven't included it in the other ones, and I think this was the perfect one to do it, because you're not the only person, Ian, who has this criticism. There are Halloween fans, like, true, tried and true Halloween fans, hardcore, were very upset that they retconned not only all the sequels, but mainly two, because it does feel like one and two are one movie, um... Wouldn't have been mad if two was in there. I I'm I'm glad they did retcon from three onward though. Um, it wouldn't have made a difference for me for two, but I I am glad for the rest of them to not be there. And really, what it comes down to is like the Halloween at this point is a choose your own adventure timeline story. You know, you pick a timeline, you go with it, and you pick which one you you know you like. Um, and that's just what we have at this moment. I think. Uh, I don't ever want them to retire Michael Myers, you know? I'd like after this trilogy for them to go on with some new story that's not connected to any any Laurie Strode storyline or anything like that. Really, don't even reference it. Don't do anything like that. Um, I don't know. Just something. There's some really good Michael Myers comic books. There's one called Night Dance that's really good. Uh, I'd like to see a movie version of that, but... Um, yeah, sequels, man. They're they're <laughs> they're muddled. They they muddy everything. Cause I tell you, six six fucked the series over. Um, five really well, fucked everything over. 
but six. All of them are supernatural, right? After two, aren't they like? Yeah, like he's 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 definitely supernatural. Yeah, I think that they definitely go with that. And six, there's a cult storyline that they've like given him his powers or something like that. I don't know. So those will be and really I mean, interesting. Granted, he does too. have powers though. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I, that's where I don't. That's where I will agree with you that I don't need the explanation. But in reality, mm-hmm. he does have superpowers, right? Yeah. Like he just does. He keeps he, surviving. He's going to survive this, like, being lit on fire in a house that collapsed on him. And he's, like, t- almost 10 years older than Laurie Strode in yeah. this, too. So he's an old man going through all this, and he's going to survive Still for smushing two more faces. Movies. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, suspend your disbelief. But we, me and Ian are going to, I'm going to force him to go through all of the sequels with me over time. <laughs> And we will we will have fun doing all of those. Um, but for now, <laughs> for now, I, I thank you guys so much for coming on this month of Halloween episodes with us. We did all of these. I feel like we did so many too. Um, yeah, yeah from, we did. But from here on out, we're going to do mostly just audio recordings and a, a, a video recording here and there. But this was really funny and I'm really happy you did this with me. And I thank you so much for doing it with me. <laughs> Thanks for wanting to do it with me. Yeah. I I really loved doing it with you. Wait, what are words? I really loved <laughs> doing this with you. It's perfect. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, I think this is the last one we're doing before the election, so make sure to go and vote for Biden Harris 2020. Please, um, please. Your favorite scene, really quick to close this out. At the one two punch of Judy Greer being like, gotcha, and her being like, happy Halloween, Michael. Everything at Lori's house. I'd agree with that. Alrighty. Thank you guys so much for watching. Happy Halloween and uh, take it easy.